Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we will always do our best to let you know that they're coming. This episode, we've got a review of The Banshees of Inisharan, the new movie from acclaimed writer-director Martin McDonough, starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. It's about two friends on a small Irish island who have a crisis of friendship. Oh yeah, and there's a miniature donkey named Jenny. All right, as always, rate and review us wherever you are able to do such things. It helps people find us. Uh, please do that. We'd appreciate it. Um, all right, should we talk about Banshees of Inisharan? Yes. We did not write a synopsis, I'm realizing, as I start recording. Um, but I think we can wing it. We can wing uh, it. The Irish uh, writer-director, Martin McDonough, you will uh, clearly jump in and correct me here for anything I screw up. No. Uh, most recently, uh, one Three was bill- nominated. Uh, one Best Picture. Right? Yeah. And he might have won screenplay for that as yeah. well. And yes, he did, because I remember Phoebe Waller-Bridge losing her mind. And it's three billboards outside of Billings. Billings. Yeah, everything about his everything about McDonough, my brain shuts down for some reason. It's not just the Irish. Um, mm. <laughs> so this is uh, his. I don't know how many movies has he made. At this this point? is the technically the fifth, but it's really the fourth that was in wide, wide release. He did a small. It was called like Sharpshooter or something. He did a small. Uh, uh, Western very early on before in Bruges. Okay. But nobody's seen it. So this is his fourth. And this is a reunion of those two actors. Uh, Colin Farrell and yes, Lennon. Yes, and Gleeson. Um, and it is set during the Irish Civil War in the 20s. Uh, it is in a town that like Fanny and I... Less than six months before the end of the Irish Civil War, actually. Okay. Which is why the month was kind of important. And we spent a lot of time figuring out how to pronounce it, whether it was a real place, and our verdict is... It's not a real place. Yeah. So they can pronounce it incorrectly <laughs> if they want. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I kept hearing Inisharan, and I kept... Running it by Fanny, our, our Gaelic Irish expert, and she had other thoughts. And then the movie was clearly they were saying a Sharon, but then it was clearly not a real place. Right? So. It's it's a fictional <laughs> island, so they get to say it how they want. I, I only went with Irish pronunciations and the internet pronunciations, which would have been in a Sharon and an E instead of an A. And it could be the dialect of over there in County Galloway. I don't know. So the plot of this thing is basically it is two friends that have just been pub buddies for a very long time, uh, one of whom, uh, Gleason, suddenly is just not interested in the friendship anymore and just kind of cuts the Colin Farrell character out with very little explanation. Um, I'm so sorry I'm forgetting the names of the characters, but the Colm Farrell. Colm. Colm and... Uh, Colm is Brendan Gleeson, and I do not remember yeah. Colin Farrell's Crazy. name. Crazy, you're just um, like, it's Colin and Brendan. It's Patrick. Yes, pa- pa- Patrick, Patrick and Colm. Okay, so he is really trying to figure out what he did wrong in this friendship, uh, to see if he can mend fences. Um, very quickly, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say, um, Col- Colm is saying... 
you know, if you do this, I am going to start inflicting harm on myself in sort of a surreal moment. I'm going to cut off my fingers and give yeah. them to you. It's in the it's in the trailer. Okay. This is not um, and so it's sort of about how they negotiate this, how serious he is about it. Um, yeah. So I think we'll do a short no spoilers thing first. Yeah. Because, yeah, I just feel like it's that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this? I loved this. This was the... I love all of uh, Martin McDonough's plays. I've never seen one on stage, but I've read all of them. Uh, specifically, his um, there's a kind of a trilogy of plays: the Beauty uh, Beauty Queen of Lahan and the Lieutenant of Inishmore, and then there's one other that I cannot think of the name of. And they are sort of a, a they were always supposed to be a quartet, and they are a trilogy of exactly this type of small. Island, small town, Ireland, most of them around there, there, they, they play into the civil war as well. And they're really, really funny and deep dives into melancholy and depression and, uh, with some sort of big vibrant, uh, basically piece of violence in them. And so this took what I love about McDonough's films in their beauty and their scope and then took his stage writing and they, they meshed them together and they made this marriage and I just, it was lovely and beautiful and I was enthralled the entire time. You? Yeah, same. Um, I, you know, it's like, I sort of don't have a ton of uh, McDonough experience. I just know there was so much blowback about um, three billboards and I started in my had to be like, wait, I don't. Should I not like that movie? I don't. I don't know. I don't remember what I felt about it. I, I mean, I remember loving Francis McDormand and just thinking it was a well-written. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it did. I think the complaints that maybe it felt a little like somebody outside of the culture were the only things that I'm like maybe. But all I notice is right away in this, I was like, oh no, yeah, he's right inside the culture. Yes. So that's nobody can lob that complaint at this. Um, whether or not it's a valid complaint, I don't know. But uh, I think you have been. Obviously, uh, blaring the the left side street uh, horn for uh, both these actors and this director for a while. And, um, man, he is – I will say Feral has just been so good for, I don't know, like the the last – I don't know. There was just a period where I think it – it wasn't even that he was bad. It was just like he disappeared into bad choices. And no, I think he got cast. I think I think because he was so stunningly good looking that they tried to shoehorn him into right. action films. Yeah, and it he was a bad terrible idea. Those, right. Yeah, I yeah. well, and I and I think that he was miscast. And yeah. I think that casting agents and studios really wanted him to be something he's not. This is the John Hamm. This is the. Uh, all right, all right, all right. You know, this is the curse of a truly beautiful man or woman who is actually talented and they want them to do one very specific thing. And it's he's just so good in this. And he's not even like strikingly handsome. One of the first things I sort of thought watching it was like the space between his nose and his lip is huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I he was, has teeny tiny little eyes yeah, and, and weird I was eyebrows. Like, wow, this I, is so funny. And it's like in certain lights in the way they frame him, he can look like a goddamn insane yeah, no, they model. Play, and they and played this, up it was like his... They just, did it on purpose. Yeah, you know, and it was really um, effective. They played up his dullness. Yeah, <laughs> and but he's also like a caring, kind... Mm-hmm. 
thoughtful guy. He's not like stupid. No. Um, no, and, they, you're dull is yeah. what he said. So you talk too much right. about shit I don't care about. Right. You know, and we've all had that person where it's like there's not anything actually wrong with you except that I cannot stand to listen to you talk another second. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so that's and maybe we'll have to save this for spoilers because I want to get into whether or not. That's what was really going on. I'm very curious about your read on kind of what that was about. But um, I will just say before we get into the spoilers, I really liked this. I found myself really moved and like kind of deeply sad afterwards. Mm -hmm. I came home and I was telling uh, Dave, my husband, about it. And I was really like, like I was just sort of, I don't know, as anybody who's been through like friendships that fall apart or whatever. um, No, it's very melancholy. It's hard to sort of figure that out. This really moved me, and I don't think that also people write about uh, like male Male friendships very often in such a sort of astute way. And like Mm -hmm. maybe there was a better way to handle this um, on on either side, but especially (laughs) on uh, you know the Colm side. Like there's a, but also sometimes you got to do that. So Mm -hmm. it's like a weird, like just sort of one of those things of like the shit isn't fair and it's painful. Right. Um, But. Anyways, I think we need to get the spoilers before okay. we go any further. Uh, one finger. <laughs> one, one finger. Uh, two Ka-thunk. fingers. Yeah. Ka-thunk. Three fingers. Okay. I do want to talk about... I, so I don't... I mean, I, I don't know, but I was sort of like, oh, is this a metaphor for um, kind of just like English-Irish relations? Is that... I do. The okay. cutting off your nose to spite your face right. type of... Yes, and I absolutely... that's why they should have showed his bloody stump so yes. bloodily. I like do absolutely think this was talking about... Uh, the Irish Civil War and also going into Natra Blodley and the the... Yes, Irish independence, of course we want that, but what do we do when we kill our, our own children, when we cut off our own fingers, when we, you know, punch right. ourselves in the face? What is what is it that we have to sacrifice to gain our independence? Yes, I think it was a very... It wasn't on the nose, per se, because you do have to dig for it a little bit. But once you see it, yes, it's this very, this guy wants his independence from this person who's sort of just always been there somewhat innocuously. And so he's willing to do these terrible acts of violence to himself and to his own community in order to gain his independence. And living on this island surrounded by this civil war also feels like, well... What the fuck else do we have to lose? You know, we can't... It's happening around us and we don't have any control. So the only control is you have to stop talking to me or I'm going to cut off my fucking fingers. Right, You right. know? Even though your whole thing is like, I want to move into this world of being a musician and write right. things that matter. And yet and that last you can't beyond play me. anymore yeah. because you've cut off your fingers. <laughs> it's a lovely song, Colm. Oh, <laughs> God. It's so just like, it's maddening to watch because you're just mm-hmm. like... You clearly like this guy, even as you're sort of done with him. Um, right. You have great sort of deep, lifelong built sort of empathy and sympathy for him. Like you care about up, his sister, and his yeah. sister seems like maybe she's a saint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's sort of... And then the end, I, I definitely puzzled around of like, you know, he ends up standing up to him in a way of like, you know, I could have fucked you up even more. Right. Um you know, but I'm still soft and kind enough that, of course, I didn't, like, kill you without a warning. Right. Um, but you're just... But I, the ending is so interesting. I just don't know mm-hmm. how to read that ending. I don't know what... 
it means. Like, I don't is, yeah. think McDonough was particularly interested in the future. <laughs> in wrapping up, like that conflict continues to happen. That right. conflict is still happening now. The Irish and the English and the Civil War is still happening. Yeah. Um. So it's there isn't an easy way. To you know, somebody hurts. Somebody cuts off their own finger. Somebody's donkey dies. Somebody burns uh, down somebody else's. Jenny. Yeah, justice <laughs> for Jenny. Somebody burns down somebody else's house, and and there's still this sort of respect and peace. There, there isn't an ending, and I think that, that might have been sort of his point. Hmm. You know, is it yeah. builds and it builds, and you all do your things, and you all sort of also love each other and want everybody to shut up and have some peace and some quiet and a pint. And and you sort of coexist with the war. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I think that might have, I think that's very much that's, his point. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, yeah, and it's... Uh, but the curtains might just be blue, too. Yeah, I know. I, there's definitely a lot going on in this, but it's handled... Like alternately, like not at all subtly, and also totally subtly. Yes. It's like an interesting mix, and I think that's and what's interesting somewhat about it. fantastically fairy yeah. taleish and yeah. fableish, and somewhat completely realistic. The the sister moving away, and the the sweet correspondence where they both lie to each other, right. and uh, because they want the other one to be happy, and even though he's so miserable without her, but he won't ever leave. Yeah, I, and he doesn't even tell her that Jenny's gone. And, yeah, ugh. and shout out to the whole cast. I mean, uh, uh, Barry Hector Keegan was great. Barry Keegan, Carrie Conlon is her name. Ah, so good. Everybody's good. Yeah, um, highly recommend this. Um, great music, beautiful. I want to go to Chill Island when I go to Ireland next. That I was beautiful. Hearing one podcast talking about it looks like a prison and a paradise. I was right? like, no, it just, no, looks, just like looks like a paradise. That's insane. <laughs> yes. like, so now you're now the curtains are just and blown. those um, <laughs> the houses looked exactly like the 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 refurbished uh, like farmhouse that we stayed in yeah. in Kaharsavine, and I was dying. <laughs> I was like, I need to go back right now. Right now, not in a year. Now. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely appealing, except maybe not in the Civil War. and Maybe not where anybody's cutting I mean, off their fingers in, to spite you. Oh, no, that I don't, I don't need the finger cutting off, <laughs> yeah. but, you know. <laughs> um, Alright. Anything else? Or no, I think that's on? good. Okay. Go, go see, see this movie. It's great. It's, it's worthy of it's all of its... I feel like I'm. I'm gonna say I think it's gonna be a top contender for the Oscar. Oh, it's like, yeah. I, no, it's it's yeah. got all kinds of buzz. Yeah, it's and it's worth all it. three of the 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 sister and you know Carrie Conlon and Farrell and Gleason are all in yeah. high contention. It it got a huge re- response at Toronto and you no, know, it's it's. Yeah, it's making buzz. I read one uh, review of somebody that I, I generally like, and they were talking about. How it was just like a retreat of retread of the old like like nineties Miramax like Irish like gent comedies and I was like no. are, like what movie did you watch that was so not what was happening no like, not at no, all like if anything it took that as a starting point and went yeah no yeah. that's yeah <laughs> so I, I was yeah this movie's great I, I highly recommend it and I I definitely like it sat with me for a long oh, time yeah. so absolutely. Right. And I'm so glad you liked him. So happy. Yeah. <laughs> Cabinet of Curiosities on, is this on Netflix? Netflix. This is uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, anthology. I think he maybe wrote one, but all the other directors are sort of well-known um, horror directors, including 
the director of the Babadook, uh, the director of other things that are famous that I'm totally blanking on right now. There was a whole list. Everybody right. was sort of somewhat famous in that right. list, I think. Um, it's very curated. It's the curio cabinet. Ah. Like I'm so sorry. Please kill me. hour-long episodes? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, it stars a lot of famous people, including in the first one. Um, what's his name from all the uh, Coen Brothers movies? Oh, my God. Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Buster Scruggs. That guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is very... They range from being over-the-top disgusting uh, to sort of very subtle ghost stories. Um, I have only seen the first one, about 10, 10 uh, maybe three minutes of the second one, and then the final one. Okay, I only um, saw the first and the second. Yeah, so what did you what did you think of this? I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I remember that it was about a, like, you know, storage facility. I remember very little else. It made me jump a couple places. It was pretty to watch. I will watch the rest of it. I wanted it to be more than it was. Yeah. I'm kind of same boat. It's clearly nothing like bad. And I think right. we both had such a nice experience with, um, nightmare alley, nightmare alley. I keep wanting to call it carnival of souls, but nightmare alley. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that Del Toro didn't direct any of these is right. interesting. Um, the first one, I was so in on the concept. I think you and I have been talking a lot about horror. It's spooky oh, season. Oh, it's the guy from not X-Men, the other thing, men. Don't know. <laughs> the director. You really the, liked it? No, the actor. The Buster Scruggs guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know his name. He was it's, in the thing with... with um, I'm going to blame it on COVID. Dr. Manhattan. Was he in that too? Yes. Remember he was the, he, he had the silver mask. Oh, was that him? He has three names. Anyway, go ahead with what you were saying. So this is, uh, the first one has a great setup. There's Nazis. There's a cult. There's a storage thing. There's like a white Southern kind of racisty guy. I was super into the premise of this. The reveal at the end was like, really that's it that was terrible <laughs> everything just kind of goes like oh yeah lovecraft sure right. yeah um the second one tim blake nelson that's his name yes <laughs> the second one is about a bunch of killer rats in a graveyard i found i was watching this with dave and the lead performance was like i cannot watch this man for i've never had such a strong reaction oh, to wow. like a performance i right. was like this is the worst performance i've ever seen in my life who is this person and what is he doing and who directed him to act this way so i didn't make it in that one um the f- which one of them's getting off first yeah and the final one is the one that it sort of gotten a lot of buzz so i skipped directly to that it's the babadook director it is essie davis who was also in the babadook oh, um I who's like fantastic as always it is a ghost it's a very subtle ghost story and it involves bird watchers and bird migration and grief and i'm doing the voice because it's very like that this is what you were afraid banshees of inner sharon was gonna be right yeah (laughs) it was it was not very scary it was kind of pretentious the actors were good it was kind of pretty but it was like wow this is some like piss poor shirley jackson imitation oh no um so I don't know. I and the other ones I've read about, I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna watch them. I think this is just a miss for me. Like not okay. you know, if that's your thing, if you like some 
if you're missing your like um what was the old show tales from the crypt right it's got that kind of vibe um with slightly higher production values i guess um white lotus back for season two mm-hmm. mike white's anthology which we both freaking loved the first season of very so much uh it is wow, very so much that's not a phrase <laughs> It is now. <laughs> uh, we have seen two episodes. Uh, the only returning cast members are Jennifer Coolidge and the guy who John she married Grease. at the end. Okay. Who was, I realized uh, the other day, the guy from Napoleon Dynamite. He's like uncle, whatever. Yeah, I was like, he also tried guy? to kill Dylan McKay a lot on 90210. Ah, really? And he was oh on God. The Shield and Sons of Anarchy. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It face tracks. Yeah, he's like, a chicken man on yeah. Sons of Anarchy. See, I know way too much about Sons of Anarchy. So this uh, episode... This series is basically sort of an anthology series, but not really. But they sort of go to these White Lotus resorts. This one is in uh, Sicily. Uh, There's a whole new cast of characters. There's a murder at the beginning. I'm just going to go first on this. Yeah, okay, go ahead. (laughs) Um, I really liked the first one. I heard all the criticisms about it. I Like, we saw y'all out there, like, ripping it to shreds for not kind of... um, A lot of people really were upset about the sort of way it sort of treated sort of Hawaiian characters or didn't actually even address them at all. He's kind of doing that again a little bit, except now there are like some prostitutes. There's some Sicilian prostitutes. Sex workers. Yeah, sex workers, sorry. But they're sort of written like prostitutes. Like, that's part of my problem with it, I think. Um, it is, I don't know, I'm just super not invested in a single one of these characters or okay. stories. I was going to just like, dump it after the first one because I was like the murder's not interesting Like I don't f- think he's interested in the murder the first season's first episode every little screw was so tightened so perfectly and I just I, did, I don't know how you redo that with the same kind of format again but this to me was just like yeah you didn't do it here I just was like I didn't there was no tension that I felt and it, even the first episode ends on the exact same cup, hot couple having sex with somebody leering through the like gauzy curtains. I was like, I this is I I don't know I don't know why we're doing this again. <laughs> um, I will say Aubrey Plaza, God damn, she's so good and she's instantly the most compelling thing in this. She's just like playing this- those four couples. I mean, those four people in there too. I I see now. I think that that's dialed in. I think what what he's I think he's much more interested in the three generations of broken men and what that looks like and how I think Mike White is very interested in how cycles do not actually end. Hmm. Um and I think the three broken the 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 imperially and the Abraham uh, Murray F Murray Abraham and the son whose name I can't remember. I'm sorry actor but you haven't done enough stuff, so I don't know who you are. Um, and there are three different ways that they all think each other are terrible, and yet they're all terrible. It was really interesting. I think the Porsche character is golden. I think the two couples who are judging each other constantly are very... T- I, I don't think Mike White is interested at all in the murder. I don't think he cares who the dead body is. He's going to write that in because that's part of what... What he sold it on. What he what, what the HBO wanted them for, yeah. you know. It, it, it wasn't a big deal in the first season. I don't think it's a big deal in this season. I, I got I to gotta be honest. I don't really care about Jennifer Coolidge. I don't know why she's the uh, follow-through character. And I kind of hope she's dead. Yeah. I, and, and I say that with all the love in the world, and I'm glad she got the Emmy, and she was fucking golden in the first season. I don't understand why she's the follow-through here. And she gets so much time. She gets a lot of time. 
I think, I don't know. I still think it's, I think it's tight. I think it's screwed in. I do. I really enjoying it. I think it's really interesting. And I think really what he's interested in is much more people and how they lock into cycles with each other. And I find that fucking fascinating. And so many of the performances are good. And I don't understand why Michael Imperioli is good looking. Yeah, the math doesn't work. That hair and the amount of whipping going on in that hair and blow drying is insane. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I but that goes like, with that what do character. They do with that hair. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that goes with the character, the way they have him styled. He's so yeah. unlikable. I like, know. I, just, I feel like everybody in the first one was like, like crisply unlikable, and yet you sort of saw complexity in the writing that I'm not getting here. You see, I don't agree with you. So um, I, I do see it. Yeah, so. you, I think this is going to be one you're going to have to tell me how it okay. ends or whether I should give it. Right. A, I've heard that it actually gets better. I'm sure it does. And I will say even the second episode, there were a couple scenes that I was like, okay, that was a little better. But it just, to me, what I loved about the first one was the tightness of it and the I'm really enjoying, tightening. Uh, oh, fuck. I'm so sorry, girl who plays Portia, who was also in some other things that I really enjoyed recently. God damn it. Who's I am she? so sorry. Is she the She's the, the assistant? assistant. She's great. Haley Richardson. Thank you. And she's been in a couple of things that we have seen recently. And she was great she, in both of those things. And I cannot think of them right now. She's really good. She is. I think she's giving an amazing performance. I think Theo James is good. I think his wife is good. That's that's the rich, dumb ones right, who may right. or may not vote. I think they're both good. I don't, I'm don't. i not so sold on Will Sharp, and I do think it's that he's his accent work is... Who's he? He's the Aubrey Plaza's husband. Oh, he's and terrible. I've, yeah, and I think he's really concentrating on not sounding British instead of on acting. Yeah. So why didn't they just make him British? Because yeah. Theo James is also British, and he's hiding his accent pretty well. Yeah. Um, I... I disagree. I think the performances are actually very good. Um, F. Murray Abraham and his whole rape scene was just, I don't know. I, I think you did, though, just to be fair, list half the cast you thought were not maybe on on point. And no, I said they were on point. No, but you just listed half that weren't, <laughs> or at least the characters themselves. Um, so I, I don't know. I, no, I said they were all those people were good. No, but you listed Jennifer Coolidge. I mean, her husband. I mean, okay, really I said cares. one person um, I didn't care about. And then the guy with the bad accent. Okay, that's two <laughs> out of like eight. That's okay. not half. Right. That's two people. Other eight people. I don't know. And then we don't really like, you know, our Murray stand-in is that woman at the desk. Don't really care about oh, that. Oh, I think she's hilarious. Yeah. I love her. I think yeah. she's great. And I love the complete juxtaposition between... Uh, Aside from Murray, like trying to just appease everybody and her being like, you're old and you didn't, you put your luggage in the wrong place. And I, and that scene where she gave Imperioli a hard time about putting them on the room, man, I, I thought, I think she's great. I, all right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to look forward to an update on that. All right. Um The Vow. This is back on HBO Max, the mm-hmm. documentary about the Nexium cult that I believe last uh we checked in on at the end of season 1, I said I will absolutely not watch. You did two say that. This. That's exactly I'm, what you I'm said. I'm calling myself out. I am always going to stand <laughs> on my truth on that. Um I I wasn't going to watch this and you talked you talked nice things about it. I did. And I think even on the podcast a little bit. And did, was that last time did you talk about it? I can't yes, remember. Yes, I, I just said um, that it had started and that I, I think they're yeah. constructing a very good second season. It's really pretty good. And in fact, in some ways, better than the oh, first season. Oh, I think it season. is better than the first season. It's like a little less... Um, 
kind of just like salacious whodunit get to the like branding like wow the first season is so focused on just like exposing the case and this gets into deeper i mean they get different the animated courtroom scenes creep me out a lot they're a little creepy (laughs) and the voice acting they do the recreations of the voice it's a little weird but it's um i mean the fact that they get nancy salzman to do this um yeah and there it's such a deep dive of like you just watch it and you're like well you fucking knew this was on your watch. You, you, you're complicit. This is your daughter. You are complicit. And then she says it and you're like, I'm still angry. Yeah. You. Say it again. <laughs> yeah. And you really say it more. feel that it's real, but you also are like a little too crocodile tears too late. Like what? Like you knew like how, but it's cold. And I don't I'm just care like how it, many weird old lady posts, like sculptures you put on your wall uh, as punishment. That old lady sculpture what in the her house is fuck is that thing, Justin? Terrifying. Like, I mean, how could you live in a house is, with it? Is that her actual mother preserved? I, 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 I it's, <laughs> there's a whole nother series about that. Yeah. Thing. I need, I need yeah. answers. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's really sad. Um, and, and watching, uh, well, I think I'm getting ahead of myself here, but like you see characters from the first season sort of watching this unfold in kind of the courtroom mm-hmm. and their empathies sort of build, but also their anger build. And it's just, it's a deeper look at sort of, it's a less sensational look. Um, and yeah, it's, oh yeah. And each episode, I think, car- focuses on a new character in kind of a deep way right. that I think the first one sort of lacked in that sort of focus so i'm just finding it a little more like you often talk about like cultures are fascinating and i'm always like it just feels a little salacious i'm like oh this is actually like getting it like what's behind all of that right. in a way that i'm finding interesting i hope it stays interesting all the way through i'm starting I mean, you only have two more episodes okay yeah um and god that keith renary fuck like oh. uh, i heard he got like roughed up in prison and i may have chilled oh. um I mean, right. I'm sorry. I don't want... I mean, roughed up, fine. I don't want anybody to be sexually assaulted no. in prison. I don't r- like wish for wasn't. that. I find it's awful. <laughs> you want to rough him up a little be. bit because he's a jerk? <laughs> yeah. Fine. You know, play volleyball with him. Play it roughly. That's fine. I don't care. Smack <laughs> him in the face with the volleyball. And you know he probably tried to, like, cult yeah. out the inmates. And they were, and like, they were like, uh, no, nope. we're going to smack you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, reboot, reboot ended. Finished. Hulu. Uh, this was only how many episodes? Eight. Eight. This is... Talk about leave them wanting more. more. It was too short. It was a little like my brain still can't handle that. That was only because it felt like it was just getting really going. This is a show that I have been hearing more and more every other podcaster and social media person being like, have you seen this show? It's fucking hilarious. This show is great. Um, I'm so excited for season two, which I think has been ordered. Has it? I don't know. Uh, they it hadn't as um, of my last check. Keep vamp. I will they, find out. They got to reboot. They got to reboot it. They got to renew the reboot because it is so funny. It's so smart. It did a really perfect job of table setting, like in a first season of kind of what, you know, you want to understand about these characters, what they're sort of weaknesses are what makes them annoying what makes them lovable like all the pieces are in place i just cannot wait to see what it they is do. not officially renewed yet oh they need to have to renew the show it was just getting going i mean i i i have 
faith that they probably will. It's got all kinds of critical I mean, acclaim. I think it'll be okay. We but. said from the very beginning, if they can crack this like multi-generational, like truly that diverse writer's, writer's room. room, and it just, the whole season, it was yep. like a huge central part of their show. They yep. know exactly what they're doing. Even yep. the dumb kid and Johnny Knoxville's character, yep. I care about all of it. I'm yep. into it. I want to. I'm so happy for Rachel Bloom, who we're seeing shortly. Yay! I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, we're going to see Rachel Bloom do what's it, we should her new one. She woman. said we're gonna do. I'm gonna work. I was working on a show. Let's see what happens. Yeah. That's like the title. We're gonna go see her live in San Francisco. We are so, so excited. Um, she's just so good in this, and yes. Paul Reiser is so good in this, and everybody's good, and it's funny, and it's sharp, and it's it's. You know, it's like people talk about, like, just sort of light TV that doesn't, like, stress you out or whatever. And usually I'm like, well, that's garbage. It should engage you. I'm like, no, it doesn't always have to. This is a perfect example right. of, like, yep, it's kind of hitting soft, easy targets, but it's doing it really well. In a thoughtful, sweet yeah. way. And you do still care. And it's not no stakes. And yeah. it's not, yeah. It's, I, I and the cast think is so charming. Great. Yep. More reboot, please. Yes, please. All right. What have you been doing on your own? I watched um, Mighty Ducks, The Vaccinated Game Changers. The Vaccinated Okay, so you know Emilio Estevez is no longer on The Mighty Ducks Game Changers, and it has something to do with vaccination status now. Oh, no. He's not anti-vax, but he didn't... I don't know. It's not clear what happened. Okay. Um, Martin Sheen loves his children... So I'm assuming that he smacks them around back, you know, by behind the scenes. Anyway, they replaced him with Josh Dumel. I'm not watching this show anymore. I do not like it. It's not fun. There is no Mighty Ducks without Emilio Estevez. I have a question, though. Let's go there. They changed it to troll him to Mighty Ducks the Vaccinated? No, that's what I call it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, oh my God, I, I literal, <laughs> Justin, literal hard time. Oh, that would have been the most amazing troll ever, yeah, though, if that no. actually happened. Like, that's... Mighty Ducks the Vaccinated season. Um, no, that is what I call it. Okay, fair enough. All right, I thought that was real. I only watched Who knows, you're half... watching a Mighty Ducks reboot? I don't know what this I, shit is called. I, 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 the first season was so sweet and charming, and I love all things Mighty Ducks. There's no Mighty Ducks without Emilio Estevez. There's huh. no okay. without Gordon Bombay. There is no Mighty Ducks. Now I will continue to watch this season because I can't be done because Joshua Jackson might come back, and I need to see that because I need that for him and Jody Turner Smith's baby that Charlie comes back because they're also one of my favorite couples because they're so cute and they obviously adore each other. Anyway, this is not a good show anymore, and I'm sad. Is what it comes down to. I was in Texas with my niece and I was very, very hungover. And it was the day after Halloween. And she said, Auntie Fanny, Auntie Fanny, listen. A lot. <laughs> so I said, what would you like to watch? And she said, The Extinctables. Which sounds like maybe she was high. Like, she did get edibles. Right. It's, it's not actually called The Extinctables. It's called the extinct also rachel bloom which and adam divine for kids program uh, yeah well and ken ken jong this is about these like furry donut animals that live on the galapagos islands in like the late 1800s and then like Maisie's freaking Maisie out. Maisie doesn't like this. <laughs> and then what's his bucket who discovered the galapagos islands he shows up and he wants to make Anyway, they jump through a portal, and then Kim Jong's character, who's a little poodle, 
like they're cuter than him and so he kills the guy that discovers the Galapagos Islands and goes back in time and blows up uh, uh, a volcano so that they will go extinct so that he'll still be the cutest thing ever and they have to jump through different time portals and stop him from doing this and I was hungover but I'm not making this up and this is a kids movie with straight up murder by Ken Jeong is what you're saying yeah that's what I'm saying wow Okay, I want to watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it helps to be hungover and have possibly... My sister thinks that my niece is uh, Q from QAnon because of the like circular logic that she can tie you in holes about about how she won't poop and how many desserts she should have. Um, so... Do you think she brainwashed you into seeing this somehow? Yeah, or that... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe it didn't actually happen. No, Maybe she, she it, like, yeah, I don't know. So it. you should watch it and find okay. out. And if it doesn't make sense, call... Da- oh, I can't say my... Call my niece and because uh, i don't say her name in the world and she will explain to you okay listen listen justin listen <laughs> anyway we also watched ice age 562 i think it was actually ice age 9 this one's in space they've gone to space yeah in ice age. and it's because of scrat that the planets aligned and they have to like poop crystals or something oh i have God. no idea what the plot of this movie is <laughs> i can't believe they went to space they, they, yeah the whole thing takes place in space and then they're trying to get these crystals so that they can go back so that the ray romano's daughter can marry i don't know and are these movies made for like three dollars now do they look like I mean, they pencil still look sketches okay, they look okay but, okay you know yeah wow. i think they're not made but left to my own grown-up devices, I watched Love is Blind, which when I get home tonight, the newest episodes will have dropped. You're because Netflix excited. is doing this fucked up thing now where instead of just dropping everything, they're like, no, 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 here's four episodes. <laughs> here's four more episodes. <laughs> Wait a week. Here's four. I told my sister this. I said, what the fuck? And she said, well, this is your lesson in delayed gratification. I said, no, 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 no. I can, I'm old. I could die tomorrow. Give it to me I now. need to know who which one of these idiots gets married. Can you? I told you the premise of this show, right? Yeah. These people live in pods. They they propose to each other after like three days, and then they like get out of the pods, and it turns out that they're all terrible, horrible people. When like really successful women wanting to give up their names to man children. There's this guy Bartiste who has told his intended that. Looks 100% matter. They just do. They just fucking matter. And that he thinks basically she's unattractive and old. And that he started, her, his sister started to cry when he, when she found out that Nancy, this is his, his fiance, is pro-choice. Um, and this is the Texas edition, right? Yeah, this is yeah. in Dallas. And yeah. so all these people are trying to pretend like they're not sweating everywhere. <laughs> and not crazy. And like. not uh, <laughs> half of them aren't. There's this guy, Cole. Oh, he's a piece of shit. Uh, and he is in love with the ballet dancer, Colleen. And so he has to, like, kind of, like, learn to love his, his like, amazing woman, Zanab. Zanab... And Colleen looked like if you put if you put them next to each other, you would not be able to tell them apart, Justin. I mean, first off, I mean that's not, that's not saying bar, much, yeah. but like <laughs> I can barely tell them apart. The main difference, Zanab's not white. Okay, she's I think she's uh, Iranian, I believe, or you know Persian. Um, but she's beautiful, and she looks almost exactly like Colleen. <laughs> 
Anyway, the new episodes that'll tell me they left me on a cliffhanger about whether or not um, Bartiste is going to say yes to okay. Nancy, who is a slumlord, by the way. Nancy deserves to get her heart broken for other reasons aside from, I mean, she's, she's pro-choice. Yay, go Nancy. But she's also a slumlord. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Like RuPaul and fracking. Yeah. Um, you're st- how many seasons is this? This is the fourth season, I, I mean, think. Something getting you, so. Oh, yeah, it's a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a train wreck of terrible people. Nice. And I like that shit. Nice. Anyway, that's what I've did. Oh, and I've started the new Adam Silvera death cast, death cast um, novel, so I will need therapy in about four days. Nice. Okay. I saw, saw you. Triangle of Sadness, which is currently in theaters. The um, we also forgot to say Banshee, uh, Banshees of Inna Sharon is only in theaters, yes. but I think maybe coming to HBO or something soon. I mean, I, I'm not me. sure. Oh, yeah. and I will say that Haley Lou Richardson was in Unpregnant that I loved so much. Nice. And she was also in something else that we saw. But uh, Cool. She was in After Yang. Ah. That was it. Got it. Triangle of Sadness is Ruben Oslin's uh, new movie. He is, I believe, Danish. Uh, he also directed The Square, which I kind of have always been wanting to see and need to go back and watch. Uh, this is very much like... Talk about easy targets, uh, just satirizing the rich in a very, like, sort of old-fashioned 70s, like, make fun of, like, ridiculous, like, decadence and class, like, just disgusting behavior. Um, And this is kind of in three parts, the triangle, I think, is part of it. One is setting up this kind of couple at the center. Second part gets them with all these terrible rich people on a yacht. Uh, they hit massive storms mostly because Woody Harrelson is this alcoholic socialist is arguing with a Russian (laughs) capitalist and not paying attention to the boat. And the boat goes into crazy like swells and everybody starts vomiting all over each other and toilets explode. Uh, If you've seen the trailer for this, it is a, they really do for the trailer for the amount of barf and poop that are in that the trailer that is not proportion it doesn't represent the actual like amount it is in the film that's nice yeah but uh it's also pretty gross there's a lot of really gross vomiting i couldn't i couldn't yeah. be a metaphobe in me i found um does someone vomit.com oh, it's, it's, nice. it's on okay. does the dog that's, die that's, dot com. that's so, my like yeah. right common sense media as <laughs> you're like a metaphobe um there's sliding around in vomit no um, no yeah not it, for it gets family. really no. really into it I will say it was very funny. We laughed a lot. We were sort of like, wow, this is like if John Waters got like a gazillion dollars. Like this is the movie he would make. It's beautifully filmed. It's pretty funny. By the time they, the third act, sorry, spoilers, they end up um, in a situation where all of the, the crew of the boat like the, the the actual crew is sort of like everybody's depending on them for survival so it's like the social order flips it's nothing you haven't seen before but it's a well done version of it and we laughed a lot uh, it's also beautiful like the way it's shot it's great and the the lead woman who's forgetting her name but she is one of the main crew people she is people are starting to get some oscar buzz around her and she deserves it she's fantastic she's so funny and so smart in it um, I've been reading Spooky Season, um, Just Like Home. This is Sarah Gailey. I don't know who this author is. I don't even remember how I, I'm just sure I Googled some ghost story list. Um, this is yet another, uh, ghost book that ends up somewhat unsatisfying. <laughs> Although, you know what? There was a ghost in it, so I okay, will say that. Good. Um, it just had a great setup. 
there were some really scary parts in the beginning of it. It is about a woman who is going home to take care of her ailing mother, um, who's kind of on her deathbed. Her mother was very cruel to her growing up. Uh, her father this is very fanny. This is also the minute I find that the, like, these things, like the dad was a serial killer, and now he maybe a ghost haunting the house. And you're like, oh god, really? You couldn't just keep the serial killers out of it. You had to just like muck up your ghost story. <laughs> um, but it's sort of interesting in like what if a good normal person was the the kid of a serial killer, which I sort of think has probably been done before. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. Dead Silence is, speaking of things that have been done before, this is a book by S.A. Barnes, another author I don't know anything about, and I just Googled and started. I, I know. Um, I think I've talked about some. I've read some of their stuff. This is the most blatant pastiche ripoff of, like, Five books that movies you've more movies than anything you've seen before. It's Alien and Aliens and Event Horizon and, but you know what? It worked. It was like it was a well done pastiche. And I think you and I have been talking about sometimes like you just got to just do that and just go with it and it's fun. You if, turn off your originality brain. If you turn your pages and you are having a good time. That's yeah. all that matters. This was again ghosts teased ghosts didn't end up ghosts. Um, but it was pretty like gripping. I was definitely like page, like really up at night, like, you know, like waking up three in the morning and then reading it and getting too scared to go back to bed. So did its job. Thank you. Spooky season, dead silence. Uh, big mouth season six is back. Um, I wouldn't talk about it other than there is an episode, uh, that just aired. Well, I don't know if it just aired. It's like the whole season dropped. It is all about, you know, they have the shame kind of characters or the shame wizards. Mm -hmm. There's an entire episode about women and the shame of the vagina. And it's all (laughs) the female characters. And it just deals with like, like all sorts of like yeast infections, like um, basically like, you know, not getting your period on time. Um, It is so well done and so thoughtful and made me like, actually like get a little like, Teary because Big Mouth does that to me weirdly yes, sometimes. It does. Um, this is I such a it. sweet, weird show. It really it just continues. Like I, I wouldn't say that it's like every episode's a home run, but like every season there's a couple episodes where you're just like, thank you for making this for people. Like it's really like right? no, I get you know, that. Like because you know that they're like kids that grew up on South Park who are now watching Big Mouth, and right. they might you know, be incels living in their basement. And if they can, like, think a little bit about the characters that they like, actually being thoughtful and having real, like, problems and real bodies and, you know, dealing with sort of different kinds of issues, I just appreciate it. Uh, Fanny's going to take us out with a few upcoming things. We might... uh, have a little time before we record. We're going to, yeah, yep. we're, we're focusing on a couple other fun, creative things. But And the uh, holidays are coming we'll up. there. So yeah. it might be toward the end of November, which means we have... Dead to Me coming into Netflix and its final season. Echo 3, Michael Huseman, probably going to be crap, but who cares? It's what Michael. is it? What happened? It's a, I have no idea. Okay. It's on Apple TV Plus. Echo 3, it's getting some buzz. I assume it's some sort of, you know, tradecraft spy thing, but it has Michael Huseman. Um, Glass Onion, The Menu, Welcome to Trip and Chippendales, and Justin's most anticipated movie <laughs> of the year, Bones and All. Yeah, definitely not watching that. If you are looking for something in November, 
find us uh, on Facebook because that's the only place that Justin will see you. <laughs> Just search for Ethnics Podcast. We should probably start an Instagram right. at this point. <laughs> um, you can find the podcast on Twitter at the Knicks uh, Podcast. You can send us a sna- uh, an email. Just do that. Motion to Knicks at gmail.com because Justin will see that too. I am on Twitter at Fanny V Darling. Justin I, has I officially deactivated my Twitter uh, as of today and it felt good. So excellent. I encourage people to think about doing that. <laughs> we will see you sometime toward the end of the month. Bye. Bye.